And we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Generous United. Generous United, what they are dedicated to, what their mission is, is making sure prescription drugs are more affordable for you, your loved one, anyone in your circle that you care about. They are headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada, our own backyard. They want to make sure that we are all living healthier lives. So what Generous United will do is team up with the local pharmacists within your community and give you an attentive personal life service that allows you to save money on your health care. Head on over to generousunited.ca, that's G-E-N-R-U-S, united.ca, and see if there's any services that could benefit you, a family member, family member, excuse me, a loved one. It doesn't matter who. Anyone can sign up for Generous United today and start living a healthier life. Today's episode is also brought to you by Osprey Ridge Golf Course. 45 minutes outside the city, beautiful family-owned Graham Cook designed golf course. And whenever a company is family-owned, you know that they take pride within the company. It doesn't matter what it is. And at Osprey Ridge, they take pride in those fairways. Those greens run a great pace. And after your round, head on up to the patio, grab a beer, grab two beer, grab as many beers as you want, maybe grab some food and nacho and you sit up on the brand new renovated patio and you look out over the course and you watch people head on to the green and, you know, one putt, two putt, three putt, whatever it may be. Osprey Ridge Golf Course. We're going to be there. We hope to see you there this summer we've already played a handful of rounds there we've had nothing but great times uh here at high button sports uh like i said great course osprey ridge 45 minutes outside the city get there and we hope to see you there soon today on the high button podcast extremely excited about this guest ottawa senator's own drake batherson when you talk about a story in atlantic canada especially within the hockey community of never giving up drake batherson's story usually comes first in mind to most people around here pretty much you know if a kid doesn't make a team it's like hey batherson he didn't he didn't play in the queue till he was 18 pretty much let me let me just paint a little bit of a picture for you so drake was 15 years old he wasn't drafted to the queue he had to wait till he was 16 years old eventually cape breton drafted him in the sixth round uh so he was 17 years old the year after this he didn't even make the roster he was sent back to junior a the year after, he finally made the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. Well, back then they were called Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. Uh, and his 18-year-old season. you got to think about that. So if you want to make a little bit of buzz to be able to, be able to become drafted in the NHL, you got to be making a little bit of noise at 17. You have to be. He wasn't even considered to be playing on the U-17s back then. He was playing Junior A. So eventually he makes the Screaming Eagles at 18 years old, and what he did was remarkable. 61 games played, uh, and he had 58 points. The year after that, with Cape Breton, he had 24 games excuse me, games played, 24 games played, uh, 39 points. He was traded to Blainville after the World Juniors. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, when he was in Blainville, he had 27 games played with uh, 38 points. And when he cracked the World Junior roster, in Buffalo, they won a gold medal. He had seven games played with seven goals and was a key, key factor in winning that championship. I remember it I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, an, it was probably the last extremely exciting World Juniors I remember. You know, it, it was just awesome to watch. And hearing Drake's story during the World Juniors, that's when I first found out about Drake and his story and where he came from and, and all that. And it, it was incredible to watch. 
Um, and we're honestly just getting started with his story. So after all this, he finally gets drafted to the NHL, finally, by the Ottawa Senators in the fourth round. Doesn't make the Ottawa Senators that first year, so he plays in Belleville, and he becomes Rookie of the Year. He has 59 games played, 62 points, gets Rookie of the Year in the AHL. He was actually awarded uh, 20 games in that first year by the Ottawa Senators. After that, comes back, makes Ottawa's roster, gets set, sent back down to the AHL where he gets 44 games played uh, and he gets 54 points. So he's dominating the AHL. And this past year, he is finally set in stone as a full NHL hockey player. And I'm extremely excited to talk to Drake and talk about those early years and what it took in order to, to become a professional hockey player when maybe a lot of you know opportunities weren't on his side. And, you know, he, he, he took those little opportunities that he did get and he ran with it and he ran with it all the way to the NHL. So this is going to be a great episode. I'm Justin. We're talking to Drake Batherson. Here we go. You know what comes next. Boom. We're going, Drake. How are you? I'm doing good. How are we, how the boys doing here? The boys are doing good. We're, uh, what's, what is today? Two, Monday? Monday, yeah. Is it? Yeah. See, that's how you know you're having a good week when you don't yeah. even know. You're just flying. Yeah, that's awesome. How was your How was your morning? You got a workout good. in? Yeah, got her done with. Monday morning's always the worst one, but is know, it? We're, we're going now. The how rest of the week will be good. How many days a week do you do you uh, train? Just Monday through Friday. Yeah. I take the weekends off and spend lots of time on the course. So just no. bring the just bring the mic up just oh. a little bit. There you go. That's got perfect. Right good. There. Perfect. Yeah, so you're on the course all weekend. Yeah, down at Chemo there in the valley. That's where. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. That's where I'm from. So. That's where I, you know, I've been golfing since I was a kid. It's such a great province. To, like whenever we talk about all the hockey guys that come back here, and like you know, you could be any, you could be in Las Vegas for the fights if you <laughs> want to be. I'm sure, but everyone yeah. just comes back here because it's such a great province to be in for the summer. I'm so fortunate to to live here. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, me and all the other pro guys uh, love coming back here, and you know, we got some good skates going here in the summertime, and obviously the golf's awesome down here. So no, it's good. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for, for coming. I really do appreciate it. I know you're probably working your ass off right now trying to get that new contract going. So I appreciate you taking the time and being here. I, it really does mean a lot to me and the company. Yeah, no worries. Thanks uh, for having me. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. Dude, no worries. We we uh, The intro for the podcast, I was talking about your story and how whenever there's a story of a kid that maybe doesn't make a team right away, your name always gets brought up. It's like, don't worry, Drake did it. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a common saying almost in Nova Scotia now. It's like it's okay if if you don't get that first crack at the squad, it's okay. You look at look at a guy like Drake who did it, and there's so many other stories like you. But for some reason, you're always the 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 forefront to to that conversation. I guess you could say. Has this? I guess the first question should be: Has it all settled in for you? Like, do you feel like a you know a certified NHL player right now? Has it all set in, or do you still wake up every day and go, "Holy shit, I'm actually here right now." Yeah, no, it's definitely been a long journey for sure. I was cut from, you know, a lot of teams growing up, and uh, it wasn't until I was about uh, 14, 15, 16 that I, w I started getting cut from teams because I was always a smaller guy, and, you know, there was no hitting and stuff when we were younger, yeah, so yeah. I was able to uh, <clears throat> dominate pretty good. But, you know, once we got to, uh, like, under 16s, I, I remember getting cut from that team where uh, Team Nova Scotia goes up to Quebec there for the Pee Wee uh, Tournament. Yeah, no, not the Pee Wee tournament. The the U sixteen. It's like a Q Combine tournament. Okay, sorry. So sorry, that was yeah. like uh, one of the first teams I got cut from. Pretty disappointed, but uh, you know, went back. Uh, you know, played midget the next year, and uh, yeah, so it all started from there. And then you know, here here I am today, I guess. And uh, even my first three years pro, I was just still trying to crack the NHL. 
and get a full-time role. I mean, I only played 20 games or so my first two years, and to have a full season under my belt last year was uh, was definitely nice and uh, a lot less stressful for sure. It must have been nice going into I always talk to these guys that are kind of on the fringe of going pro that are still in junior, and uh, we always talk about comfortability level first-year pro. It doesn't have to be NHL or AHL, but, you know, you got Rookie of the Year in the AHL your first year going there. You must have surprised yourself a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. I remember uh, my first game in the AHL that year. Uh, I was like, I sat back and thought to myself, this is going to be a long year. I didn't realize how good the the league was. And then I just kind of got my feet wet and kind of got going around game five, six and got in a groove. Uh, was playing a lot of minutes, got, got put on the power play and stuff right off the bat. So, you no, know, got put in positions to succeed right away and, you know, was able to play with some great players and, and have a good season for sure. 100%. It must be nice going into that. I guess year just knowing that you have that confidence to play at the pro level because there's so like you know we all hear those stories of guys that dominate in junior and maybe it just doesn't translate over to pro and to be able to have that confidence in the first year just knowing okay wow there is a little bit something there it's something to work off of it must be nice just going to you know going home and night going to sleep and going okay great that's a great start but I can get better it just must be like a nice confidence builder for that first year pro at least yeah no 100% I remember uh, you know after the world juniors I really you know thought to myself uh I'll be able to be a you know a difference maker, a difference maker at a higher level, and uh, you know going into first year pro, I knew there'd be some growing pains, but you know I you know I did it at the world junior level, so I figured I could do it there, and uh, yeah, it just took some time, like anyone going in into any new league, and there's always some growing pains, but once you get going, I think uh, you know and get comfortable, you really find your game. I want to talk about um, your childhood and your dad playing pro hockey and moving from place to place. I know you you were born in Indiana. Fort, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fort, yeah. Never been back. <laughs> never been back. No. No. <laughs> I'm sure they have a sign there like home of Drake Batherson. Yeah. Just not never yeah. been back. Yeah. What, but what do you remember about your childhood and moving from, I guess, team? Because your dad played for the PEI, PEI. Senators. Yeah. Were you alive then? No, that was a few years before, before, okay. before me. So, uh I was born right at the end of my dad's uh, pro season, and it was it was in the end of April, so yeah. he just finished playing, and you know I was born, and it was about two months later uh, we moved over to Germany, so I wasn't really in the states for a long period yeah, at all, yeah, but yeah. You know, still got my passport and everything there. But uh, do you have dual citizenship right now? Yeah, yeah. well, I actually have three because I, I lived in Germany for such a long time. I was there for eight years. Uh, wow. So, but you can only have two at a time. So right now I only have uh, my Canadian one. Okay. But uh, you know, I could get my American one anytime Just I want. Like that. Yeah, it's so it's nice for travel. I heard so. So fun. then, how, how did everything settle in the valley? Yeah, so my mom's parents are from the valley, and my dad finished playing pro in uh, Germany. He was 37. It was right when my sister was about to go to school. So okay. I went to school in Germany for my uh, grade one, two, three, and then my sister was getting ready to go to school. My dad wanted her to be in English school. So uh, he decided to retire. They won the championship, so it was a perfect time to retire. And, uh, yeah, all my family, my mom's side of the family lives in the Valley, so just a perfect fit. And, uh, yeah, we were only in the Valley for, like, two years after he retired, and then my dad got a coaching job at Santa Vax assistant coach, so lived in Anagnish for three years and then been in the Valley ever since uh, I was 12. So well, Since you were 12 years old, you've been yeah. there. Yeah. What, what's it like grow? Like I grew up in like the suburbs of the city. There's, you know, we're causing trouble every now yeah. and then. What's it like growing up like in the valley, being a 12 year old? Like just street hawk. Like what do you, you pick apples? What are you yeah. doing? You know, it's pretty easy living down there. Uh, my grandfather was a big fisherman and hunter, so uh, you know we'd be doing stuff in the woods all the time. You know, building tree forts, all that kind of stuff, and uh, was able to live right behind Kemmel Golf Course. So 
golf there every day in the summer. You know, I didn't really play hockey at all in the summer. I never went on the ice or anything like that. Really? Yeah. So once the season would end, uh, whenever it ends, like March or April, I wouldn't touch the ice till maybe a week or two before the season, wow. like the following August or so. So no, worked in the Worked at the course and golfed at Camo, so that was that was my summer pretty much. I've heard I've never had a summer job at a at a golf course, but I've had buddies who like worked at Ashburn in the summer, and they say it's one of the best summer jobs working at a golf course. One, you could get some good tips if you caddy every now and then, and just driving the golf court, the golf carts around. Like it's it's a fun job as a kid. I've heard you have a good experience with it. Yeah, no, I was actually lucky. I was living in Inaganish, and one of my best buddies' dad was uh, the manager at the golf course, and he hired me when I was like eleven. So I've been driving carts, cleaning clubs ever since I was 11. So I did that probably for, uh, you know, five, six years till I started playing major junior. So yeah, that's yeah, sick. I did it for a while. It was an unbelievable job. And, uh, yeah, some of the same faces still working at Kemwell when I was working there. So it's pretty cool. That must be nice to go back and to see some of the same guys. Like, how you doing? Nothing's changed. I'm just in the NHL now. It's a good <laughs> yeah. feeling. Yeah, no, it's nice. I feel right at home. Obviously I know everyone at the course cause I worked there for so long. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cool now. That's sure. awesome. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about, uh, I guess essential. We'll, well, let's start. Let's start at junior. Yeah, let's start at junior. Is everything good on the? Everything's good. Let's start junior. Um, the getting drafted and then not making the team and then going back to junior A and then your mindset <clears throat> and staying strong and. I guess I don't want to ask a question to assume that you you would be where you are now because obviously when you're that young you don't. You have no idea what your future is going to predict. Obviously, you have certain goals, and you want to make the NHL, and you want things to happen. But I guess I just want to talk about uh, your mental strength of maybe not making that roster that first team. And when you're answering it, try to answer it in a way of, uh, you know, a 14-, 15-year-old kid is listening to you right now, maybe going through that that same, I guess, situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, mine was a pretty tough scenario. I was uh, 17, so I didn't get drafted my first year in the queue. Got picked uh, sixth round, I think, my second year. And, uh, you know, went into the camp, had a great camp, and it came down to uh, me and my best buddy, uh, Declan Smith, for the last spot. And, uh, you know, Declan was, you know, he had a great camp, was a great junior player, and uh, he was more ready for sure for junior than I was at that point. So it was uh, it was pretty tough, you know, getting uh, sent down to junior A. Uh, you know, obviously, when it comes down to you and your best buddy, it's it's pretty it's pretty hard. But, uh, you know, lucky, lucky enough we get to play together in the end. But, no, yeah, getting sent down to junior A, I remember calling my old man. He had to drive all the way up to Sydney from the Valley to pick me up. So <laughs> it was a long car ride home for sure. But, uh, yeah, and then I had a tough season. Honestly, I only played, uh, I think, 25 games that whole year. Um, I came down with pneumonia. Uh, you know, oh, didn't, no. Yeah, didn't, probably missed a month and a half. And it was my grade 12 year of high school too, so I didn't even go to school for a month and a half. Did you go to prom? Yeah, I was able to go to prom in the end. I got back uh, just before the playoffs that year in junior a but i remember that year i scored my last goal in like december so <laughs> the next four months it went without a goal so no it was tough i just playing xbox for a month straight in my, in my grade 12 year in my mom's basement so no it was tough for sure but uh and then uh, i remember that summer i was uh at cavendish and talking to my buddies uh that i played against and i was like yeah I don't know if I'm going to continue playing hockey and stuff because I was a good golfer at that point. Like, really good? Like, yeah, I was winning, like, uh, provincial events across really? Nova Scotia. And, yeah, there's a lot of guys from here that went and got uh, scholarships down to the States. Dude, no idea you were that good at golf. That's yeah, so it was like I was a scratch golfer ever since I was probably 15 years old. Well, now it's a, now it's a little rusty. You know, I had Whoa. to pay a little more attention yeah. to the hockey now. But, you know, back then I thought about just going golf full-time. 
And I remember telling my buddies at Cavan, just like, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to play next year and stuff. And then, uh, oh so it was, it was pretty crazy for sure. And then probably halfway through that summer, like, uh, I said this before, but like I could, I could spend the whole day in the rink, but I could never spend the whole day on the driving range. So I kind of knew right there that I should probably just stick with hockey and ended up growing a bit and, uh, you know, had a great summer, put on probably 25 pounds, grew to six one, and then, uh, made major junior, uh, the following season and got drafted, you know, six months after that. So it's pretty crazy that is kind of insane (laughs) the fact that you even had a conversation with someone i don't care who it is the fact that you had a conversation about quitting hockey and then for that to happen the next year that's insane that's like fate kind of that's like that's great that's that's insane yeah no it was crazy for sure that it came to that point looking back at it now for sure when you cracked the roster for cape breton what line were you on to start the season you know what i was getting healthy scratch uh yeah so probably got scratched four times in the first half of that season you know I was 18 years old so that's most guys third year in the league and I was you know getting scratched and uh you know I remember one game I there was an opportunity for me to go on you know the first line his name was uh Giovanni Fiore led the league in goals I think he had 53 goals that year I got to play with him on a line and uh just kind of clicked you know probably went only three games the rest of the year without a point uh once I started playing with him so you know obviously setting him up was uh nice and just kind of exposed myself to the scouts that you know like and that I could play and uh you know Ottawa took a took a chance on me in the fourth round and uh yeah the rest is history I guess. Dude talk about taking advantage of an opportunity that was given to you even though nothing was really given to you other than that small one game where you get to go on the first line and then you never look back that's crazy to think about. Yeah, it's, no, I, it's, I I remember talking to my coach. It was uh, just before the trade deadline, and, uh, you know, I didn't have a, a bad start, but I didn't have a great start and just was, wasn't was playing and still getting scratched and stuff. And I remember sitting down with them and just, uh, you know, just talking with them. And I just wanted more of an opportunity, and if it wasn't going to be here, I'd like to get traded. And he's like, well, I'll give you an opportunity uh, tomorrow night with uh, Gio. And I think I set him up for two goals or whatever. Yeah, and, then, and then uh, never came off that line, and we had a good playoffs. And, uh, yeah. No, it's pretty cool. So at what point does, because this would be, no, it was the next year that World Junior Buzz would come into play. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that year, it would be the next the year. The next year, Okay, yeah. so let's talk about that summer then, in between the transition of having an incredible, I guess you could technically <laughs> say your first full year in the queue, yep. to your second year in the queue where you're starting to build up a little bit of a name. Talk about that summer and what you were thinking. Were you thinking World Juniors? I guess is my real question. Were you thinking World Juniors at all? Yeah, so I went to development camp, and, you know, that was just the you know the best thing I could ever Okay, so imagine. you went to development yeah, camp. Yeah, okay. so that, that summer, right after the draft, and, uh, you know, I went in, I was, you know, kind of a no-namer. I was a fourth-rounder and just, just happy to be there, you know. And then I just kind of said to myself, you know, I'm as, I'm as good as these guys, and, if, you know, I put, put the work and I can, you know, potentially play pro one day. And, yeah, I just had a really good development camp and then uh, came into the season with a lot of confidence in Cape Breton. And I remember telling my uh, family members my goals to get an invite to the World Juniors. And obviously it was a long shot at that point. only had one year junior under my belt. But, you know, that was my goal and came out uh, the start of that season. I think I was leading the, leading the queue in points for the first two or three months and, uh, you know, ended up getting that, uh, you know, invite to World Junior Camp. Yeah. So when you get the invite, what's running through your head? Call parents, call coach, call line mate. What, what's yeah. what are you thinking? It was kind of a crazy story. I was playing in the the Canada Russia series there that the Q always does. And where uh, was it that year? It was in Charlottetown in Moncton. Nice. So it was nice. My yeah. family could come to both of the games, and that was in early November. And the World Junior starts uh, 
camp starts December 12th around that. So two games after the the Q uh, Canada Russia, I I broke my finger. So I broke my finger probably end of November. And I, I said, there goes my shot of getting an invite because I know there was chatter and stuff like that, and they're they're watching me. But uh, you know that they, they I was I went up to Ottawa to rehab my finger, and uh, I remember being in the the trainer's office, and he got the call yeah. from the Team Canada doctor, and they asked if I was going to be able to go to the camp still. Yeah. So he said, yeah, Drake will be ready to go. So you know, I played probably probably wasn't fully rehab, but uh, you yeah. know. I'll do anything to what? put on that jersey. For 100%. Sure. What yeah. finger was it? Can I see it? It was uh, my pinky finger there. Is it the slice right there? Yeah, I think I had eight stitches. Just what? just blew up. What happened? Like you just, just walked a shot? Just a slash. Yeah. Oh, fucker. I didn't even notice the two shifts later. My whole uh, my whole glove was all blood. That's the thing so. when those injuries happen, you don't even notice. I got my front yeah. tooth knocked out. I didn't notice till the end of the period. I just. Yeah, like I take my mouth guard out and it falls out, and I'm like, what the fuck? Happened? You know, you don't even notice. Yeah, it was just on a shot. I went to shoot, and uh, buddy got a pretty good two-hander on me, and uh, yeah, it just blew up. And uh, you know, I remember being in Moncton's dressing room two weeks before for the for the Q series, and it was the same trainer that we had for the game, and he sewed me right up. And uh, yeah, I was out for I probably missed close to ten games, and didn't came back. Well, I think one game before I went to the, the World Junior tryout, and yeah, had a good tryout, and was able to make that team. How was the World Juniors? That's probably one of the, eh, yeah, I guess I could say. It's probably the last World Juniors that I remember. Like, Well, because I'm pretty sure that was the last World Juniors where Canada won and there was fans. Is that correct? Uh, 2021 there was fans, but they didn't win in. No, 2020. 2020. 2020 they won and there was fans. Oh, yeah, because Igor was in Russia. Yeah, and the year after me was Vancouver, too. But there was no, was there fans yeah. in Vancouver? Yeah, Dobson and... Uh, Shane Bowers and them were playing that year. Well, nonetheless, I remember your yeah. World Juniors won from the outdoor game. Yeah. And two, because you were in it, and I heard your story about where you came from and everything that happened before making that roster. So those two things always stick out in my mind of that World Juniors. But that outdoor game, like, magical. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Magical. I remember uh, we went the day before to get a practice, and, and the ice was you know pretty sloppy. They just kind of put it together there. And we were playing in the Buffalo Bills Stadium. So it was pretty sweet, and I remember pulling into the game the the following day, and everyone's tailgating in the parking lot, and I think there ended up being forty six thousand at the game, and it was just a snowstorm the whole game. So it's probably probably the sloppiest game I ever played in, <laughs> but uh, you know they had to take uh, timeouts just to get the snow off the ice. Probably every five minutes, I think my parents said they were in the stands for over four hours for the Jeez. game, and uh, yeah, I know we ended up. We ended up losing in a shootout, but uh, it was a great experience. I would have been thinking of Sid the whole time because that's the same rank he got the oh the shootout winner. Yeah, I went the shootout to what? I was yeah. You were in the shootout. I had to score to to keep it going, and I missed. Oh no! What yeah. what, what was the sh- what was the shot? Do you remember it? You must. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to go fake shot backhand, and the goalie just got a paddle on it. I had they, him, I had him beat. I just kind of I fanned on it. Well, the the, the, the ice. How was the ice on the shootout? It must have been shitty. Yeah, no, they scraped it right before we went, and uh, I was pretty nerve-wracking. I didn't really play a whole lot in the third, and I yeah. think I got one shift in the overtime, and then, uh, you know, throws me out in the shoe out there. It was pretty cold, but uh, <laughs> that was whatever. Pretty, that's Dom's fault. That's not your <laughs> fault. Don't worry about that. No, no, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was pretty nerve-wracking for sure, but anyways, we ended up winning gold, so yeah, exactly. that's all it does, that matters. doesn't matter. Bra- Brady Kachuk was on the other team. He always, he always gives me shit. He says, well, they only remember the outdoor game from that year, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> how are you are you guys boys in the dressing room are you guys friends yeah yeah, yeah no we're tight uh we got a young young team i mean so uh you know all of us young guys are kind of going through the, the same thing right now we're just getting all of our, our feet wet so you know we have a lot of fun too it's a it's a real good time you guys are a very exciting team to watch on tv i know it wasn't the outcome you wanted this year but when you talk about potential and an nhl roster excuse me you guys are probably the top most maybe like top five team most like fun to watch if ottawa's on tv i'm having a good time watching it it's fun yeah no we we definitely play hard every night and you know that's what our, what our coach preaches and uh you know the players respect that and yeah you know we just have a lot of fun at the rink so it's easy coming in and you know working hard and uh you know just trying to win games and yeah it's it's great did um did tim fit into the dressing room right away or did it take because how's his english it's actually pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Did he fit in? Oh yeah, right away. Uh, he came in. He was late coming in because the World Juniors, yeah. but uh, you know he's an awesome guy. I knew him a bit before. My dad and his agent are pretty good buddies because they they played together over in Germany. Oh yeah. So uh, you know we were texting and stuff before, but no, he fit right in. He's an, he's an 18 year old kid. He's a 2002 born, so he's four years younger Crazy. than me. And you know I consider myself young, and for him to play at 18 and be so good, it's uh, you know incredible. It, how, how do you find your, you know, this is the first time the whole year you're with Ottawa. How did you find your play? How did you find your confidence? I thought you played great, but you being your own player, how, how do you think you did? Yeah, no, it was good. Obviously, uh, like I said before, it takes time when you get into a new league to get your feet wet. And, you know, I was I was on the power play the whole season. Obviously, the coach put me in some positions to succeed and play with some great players right from the get-go. So, you know, I got to thank those guys. And, uh, yeah, just I think the more you get comfortable, the more confidence you get. And, you know, I went on that goal streak there at one point in the season. You were on fire. Which, uh, you know, which gave me a lot of confidence. And, uh, you know, the older guys on the team were just so great and welcoming. And, uh, you know, like I said, we had such a fun dressing room that it was just, uh, you know, so easy to get things going in there and just have fun. I thought the one thing I noticed about you this year, which impressed me compared to other years, was whenever you were under pressure – you were able to make the right decision and not panic. You got the puck to where it needed to go. And that was, I think that overall is what makes a, a secure NHL player of not turning the puck over, making the right play and not panicking and chipping when you need to chip and putting the puck to a guy maybe swinging through the middle, whatever it is. Where does where does that come from? Because I guess you can teach that skill, but at the end of the day, you just need repetition in order to build that confidence. Where do you think it came from, from not panicking so much yeah I've always kind of had a pretty good hockey IQ I think uh you know I was a smaller guy growing up so I always had to make you know quick plays when I got the puck and yeah. uh you know put myself in good positions so I've kind of learned just throughout the years and now that I'm a bigger guy I can use my body more and stuff like that so no I think just I've been at the rink since I was you know one two years old watching my dad play and just watching hockey ever since I can remember and you know, I'm a huge hockey fan. I go home even now and watch, uh, you know, every game I can. So Really? Yeah. Like, like you were, like, real? Okay. Yeah, I'll come home for, on a practice day and just can't wait to, for the first game to come on, whether it's Leafs games or whoever, I'll watch them and then, uh, you know, watch a game out west. So I'll watch probably two games a day. So, no, I just honestly love it and I'm always studying it and, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. And I think it just comes from that, just learning and, you know, watching video. I watch a lot of my own video to – just learn when to make the right play. And obviously in the NHL, if you make a tiny mistake, it, it could lead to a scoring chance. And, uh, yeah. you know, in the NHL, it, it could easily end up in the back of your net. So you always got to be aware. That's the thing, too, about the NHL. There's no hiding. Junior, maybe there's yeah. like there's a camera everywhere on every player. Yeah. If you make a mistake, you're going to get called into the coach's office at intermission and be told about it. Yeah, it's no, 100%. The mistake could start 30 seconds before before the goal happens, too, right? So people don't really realize that. It could, end, it could start from a turnover 
you know, in the opposite end that leads to the goal. And, uh, you know, the coach knows that for sure when you get back to the bench. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, leadership or in terms of uh, guidance of or just getting advice from someone at the pro level it could be on your team it could be someone locally it could be anyone Who, who's uh, like maybe that one person that's maybe gave you a little bit of advice and it's kind of stuck to you a little bit more than the other pieces of as uh, other pieces of advice yeah I think my dad's probably been my you know my biggest supporter in, in that category for sure I mean he played the game I think he played 14 15 years pro you know my grandfather played uh, my uncle who lives in the Valley played in the NHL for, you know, almost 300 games. So I got a lot of people that are close to me with, you know, a lot of experience. And, uh, so, you know, I get a lot of info from them for sure. And the biggest thing is just have fun and work hard. And, uh, you know, my uncle and my dad, you know, both made it through, uh, you know, hard work and just determination. So I, I think I have a little bit of that in, in me, in me to start, sorry. And, uh, yeah, just kind of, just always worked worked hard, and I have such a passion for the game, and I wasn't going to let, you know, being cut from teams when I was younger stop me to, to play hockey, whether it was going from major junior to university or, you know, major junior to the NHL. I was I was going to play as long as I could. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm going to flip the question on you. Yeah. Igor has great things to say about you when it comes to leadership and just being a good friend and being a good person. He came on the podcast probably last year, and he, <clears> he, he was just – He's a huge fan of you, of how you took him under his wing when he came to Cape Breton, didn't know any English, and you took the time to help him, I guess, just socialize with other people, not even on the team, just in general, in everyday life. Talk about, I, I guess, that and that role you took with Igor. Yeah, I know. I remember my billets uh, saying we might get the import for the season. I was pretty fired up. You know, I, I always like living with someone in junior. It's always fun, you know. So, uh, you know, I got Igor in and couldn't speak a lick of English, right? So... <laughs> And, uh, you know, we had a lot of Maritimers on that team in Cape Breton. So, uh, you know, I had a lot of buddies and we'd be always doing stuff, whether it was going to the movies or, you know, going to the beach or whatever in training camp. And, uh, you know, I'd, he'd always just tag along. I'd bring him with me. And I don't know if he wanted to go sometimes, but, you know, I'd drag him along with me, whether it was going <laughs> Tim Hortons or, you know, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, he's, a, he's an awesome guy. And, uh, yeah, I'm so happy for for Igor and yeah to be able to be there when he came over to Canada and help him out was uh you know awesome what was your favorite order at Tim's wanted me to ask you that what's your drink at Tim's uh in junior you know my my trainer won't like this but uh <laughs> ice cap I was a big ice cap guy from Tim Hortons <laughs> all, all the sugar oh yeah <laughs> probably 50 grams of sugar in that thing but uh you know me and Igor went down for a couple of those for sure yeah you're young you're still young okay yeah, sugar I, won't affect you I didn't know anything back then so and then I heard your parents called you, or you acted like George Costanza when you were a kid. Why is that? George Costanza. Who's that? George Costanza from Seinfeld. No, I don't. You know, they I don't said know. that you used to like take your clothes off and run run around the house because you're George Costanza. Oh but no, I don't. Huey sent me that. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, probably. Jeez, I haven't <laughs> talked about that in forever. But no, he's Huey's a beauty. He would remember something like that, but. Yeah, I was probably running around doing all sorts of different stuff, just trying to get someone to play hockey with me or whatever. <laughs> all right, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> Jeez, you caught me on that one. What, I, I didn't know you. that one. I didn't get yeah. We didn't even explain the full story. You just said yeah. you were younger and you used to act like George Costanza and take your clothes off. I was like, all right, hopefully he knows what that is. Yeah. Oh, jeez, Huey, come on now. <laughs> um, Throwing a curveball at me. Um Coming on, uh, coming on to was that? Oh, was that your phone that dropped? Yeah, phone. Oh, good. All good. Can we edit that out? No, we'll keep it in. It was funny. Oh, well, you heard the drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
how exciting was it uh, this year knowing, I guess, you built a lot of momentum going into next year? Like, it wasn't like a flop of a season. It was like, okay, there's so much potential here. How much fun is that knowing that around the corner could be a huge opportunity for you and the organization? Yeah, it was great. You know, we really found our stride probably, you know, 25 games into the season, I think. And, you know, we were we were close to 500 against Toronto. I think they might have beat us 5-4 in the season series. So, And they finished first place in our division. So, you know, right there we knew that, you know, we could beat anyone. And I think if we had a little better start, we, we'd be pushing for a playoff spot. And, you know, looking at a team like Montreal, we, we beat them, you know, more than they beat us this year. So it just shows how tight it is. And uh, anyone can beat anyone on any given night and just have to be consistent for the whole season and you can get yourself in the playoffs. And anything can happen in the playoffs, obviously, as, uh, you know, Montreal showed. So, you know, that's our mindset going in next year, just to be consistent for the full season, I think. And, you know, we get the we get the guys to do some damage. So, uh, you know, it's going to take some time for sure, but uh, hopefully we can get it going starting next year. How do the boys or even you find the – you played the same teams all year. How did you find it? Was it frustrating at times? Like, uh, I'm sure you wanted some fans, you yeah. know? Yeah, it was, it was a little weird for sure. But, uh, you know, there were was, was seven teams, so it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It was like playing major band growing up, you know, and there's only <laughs> seven teams in the province. So I didn't find it that bad at all. Obviously, uh, not being able to go out for, for dinner and stuff on the road is uh, definitely challenging. A lot of Uber Eats this season. Oh, but, yeah. uh, no, it was really fun. And uh, just, uh, you know, we were lucky to be playing, so I was very fortunate to just be playing hockey for sure that's the thing like, even in junior like this year the mooseheads only played cape breton and charlottetown yeah it's like at least you got seven teams yeah no, you exactly. know it's like there's the and there were even like major midget around here i'm pretty sure everyone only played like two or three teams it was a lot it was like that for hockey for everyone yeah no so we were we were definitely lucky just to even be playing and uh you know it was, it was still really really fun it was different for sure playing teams three games in a row usually you're playing different team every game right yeah. so uh no, it, was, it wasn't fun playing against McDavid three games in a row or yeah, anyone like that, but uh, no, it was good. That's true. Cause were you matched up against him a lot? Uh, I don't think my coach tried to have me out there against him. Why but, not? Uh, You're quick. <laughs> you can handle him. <laughs> oh, geez, I don't think anyone can catch that guy in the league, maybe one or two guys, but you know he's a special talent for sure. But uh, you know, it's fun going up against those guys, I think. And uh, there's a couple superstars on each team, I feel like, in the Canadian division, and uh you know, my line was always seemed to be matched up against the other team's top line. So it was it was a great competition for sure. I love the way Brown plays on your team. He's so much he's such a competitor. Yeah. Like what's he he must be a leader in the room. Like the boys must look up to him. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh me and him do a lot of video together. Oh, yeah? We're both right wingers and you know, he's been around for for a little bit now and uh he kinda took me under his wing my first couple of years and you know, we're gr- we're great friends and yeah, no, he works his ass off, and uh, he doesn't get tired out there. I change for him. I, I think he's gassed sometimes, and yeah. then he just finds another gear to go down and score a goal or take a break or something. But, no, he's special for sure. I mean, the cardio you guys have is ridiculous. Like, the the amount of ice time some of you guys are putting up is crazy. I was looking at yeah. Dobson's ice time in New York one game. He played a, like, a ridiculous amount. It's like it, it, the, some of the ice time that you guys get is just crazy. Your cardio yeah. has to be through the roof. Shabbat on our team, I think he, he leads yeah, the league Shabbat. in ice time. He plays like tw- 25 to 30 minutes every night. And, you know, I, I remember one time I went on for overtime for the first shift with him. Yeah. And then I waited two or three changes and I went back out and he was still out there. He's probably out there for three and a half minutes and – 
you know, I asked him after one game, I was like, Shabby, like, do you get tired out there after a shift? He goes, nah, like, rarely. Unless, like, we get hemmed in or something. I'm chasing someone around. I don't really get tired. So, you know, I don't have that conditioning for sure. But, uh, you know, he's special. Now that you mention it, sometimes when you guys are playing on TSN, TSN will put a clock in the corner. And what does it say? It'll be, like, Shabbat's current ice time like with uh, his shift since since the ice change or whatever since a change and it'll just be like seven minutes we'll be out there yeah not no, it's crazy yeah he could probably stay on the full overtime if he wanted to i think he's good yeah he he just flies around it's so effortless right so yeah he got that big stick too yeah you know, it's like i think lindstrom had a huge stick and he said that always helped him out yeah no he's so skilled and uh you know, he's a special player, and we're we're happy to have him. Definitely. Is uh, have they announced for fans? Have they announced the schedule for next year? No, no schedule or nothing yet. Not that I have heard of, anyway. But uh, yeah, hopefully we get a few fans back in the barn. I don't know, I don't know what it's like. We're looking like up in Ontario. I've just been hanging low down here out east. So did you did you find that it affected you at all not having fans, or because most guys say when they're playing out there, they don't really notice the fans. They're playing the game. But other teams, you know, like, oh, it's nice to have a little cheer in the crowd. Did, did you notice it at the, at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Definitely the first couple of games. Yeah. I asked guys who played in the bubble last year in Edmonton, and they said the first couple of games were weird, and then after that you just get settled in. But uh, it's definitely weird. Like, once you score a goal, the whole rink's just kind of dead, right, until you hear the goal horn go off, and it's usually a few seconds delayed. Or if there's a fight or something, all you hear is the sticks just hit the ice, right? So, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely weird. But uh, when you're, I think when you're in the game, like, I don't – I don't even notice when there's fans there, really, unless, you know, there's a scoring chance and you hear the roar or whatever. But even if it's sold out, Byron, I don't even notice that they're there when I'm playing. Yeah, what are you going to do? Next yeah. year there should be. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, no, hopefully. What's the uh, plan for this summer? Just You're just chilling here? Yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't left Nova Scotia probably three summers. Once I get home from the season, I just hang out wow. here. I love it. You know, all my family and all my buddies are still here. So, you know, I, I don't got anywhere to go. My, my buddies on my team are at the – McGregor fight. I was just gonna night. ask you. So uh, you know, I was pretty jealous, but uh, no, I just like hanging out, hanging out down here. I go to Cabot once a summer and go golfing up there. That's probably my my biggest uh, trip. Do you have your Cabot trip planned? Yeah, oh yeah. Boy. We're going up and uh, end of July here, so me taking the old man up, so it'll be good. That'll be awesome. I haven't yeah. been up there yet, but social media. It's like if you don't, you got to have Instagram to go. I'm pretty sure. Like yeah. just, you look <laughs> at everyone's story, there's some a Cabot right now. It's awesome, man. You would never think that's in Nova Scotia when you're there. But it's it's a special place and probably my my favorite place I've been to golfing for sure. Yeah, I got to get there for sure. It looks like an amazing yeah. course. What is it like top five or top ten in the world? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think the Cliffs is number one and the Lynx is number three or four in in Canada. But Cabot's definitely top ten in the world. Yeah. Um, coolest person you've golfed with? Like you just been chucked into a foursome with or something? Uh, I've golfed with Sid and Nate before here. Have you? Yeah, so that's probably the, the coolest one. Uh, a few summers ago and. You know, I was just starting to play pro and never met either of them before and was able to go out golfing with them. Might have said 10 words the whole day, but uh, no, I was just happy to be there, and uh, they're they're great guys. So no, that was probably my, my coolest for sure. How competitive were they? Oh, so competitive. I think anything <laughs> those guys do, or they're competitive, whether it's, you know, one-on-one, three-on-three on the ice or – yeah. You know, golf or ping pong, they just go at it. It's awesome. Have though have you guys are you guys gonna be skating this summer together, do you know? Yeah, I'd imagine when they get back, I'm not sure what their schedule's like. They usually take a bit more time off than, you know, us younger guys, so we yeah, like yeah. to get right back into it. So, you know, hopefully we'll get some skates in here coming up. Um, your exit meetings, what did like the coaches say that they want you to improve on this year, going into next year? 
Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me has always just been uh, consistency. You know, a pro, you have to be so consistent. When you look at the top players around the NHL, they're, you know, they're producing on a nightly basis, if not every night. So, uh, you know, for me, I just want to be consistent. You know, my conditioning, I want to get better conditioning-wise. Obviously, next year's an 82-game season. I'm playing close to 20 minutes a night. Uh, you know, I need to have that top uh, top peak. So, no, just focusing on that and just having a great summer, obviously, and uh just having a little bit of fun too. Absolutely. Yeah. The diet wise. Yeah. Eighty two game season, man. That's yeah. like you gotta put good things in your body. What's like and I, I remember who do we have on the we had Nate on the podcast and he was talking about like different things that he put in his body in order to stay at his peak performance for eighty two games. Cause I mean that's a that's a lot of hockey. Oh yeah. Like what's that like, that, that nutrition tip that you like that keeps you going? Yeah, no, definitely my you know, in junior and my first first or first couple years pro I didn't really care you know I just eat whatever I tried ice, ca- to eat. ice caps yeah <laughs> <laughs> cut those out pretty fast but uh you know I just kind of ate whatever because I I didn't really know better right I'm coming from the valley yeah. I never had a nutritionist or anything like that I was never exposed to anything so uh you know I've kind of learned over the years through development camps and stuff when nutritionists come in and talk uh, I've, I've took things from them and now I definitely watch what I'm eating for sure and uh like to squeak in one meal, uh, junk food on the weekend, but uh, just just once. Every time you say you're trying to squeak in junk food or yeah. just have some fun, you just got like an evil smile on right yeah. now. You're just yeah. like, yeah, I like yeah. to have some fun too. You gotta have fun, right? <laughs> I think everyone will go crazy if you don't. A hundred percent. Throughout throughout the year, like, uh, what are the what do you guys like to do out in Ottawa uh, for fun? Yeah, and you know what? I feel like in Ottawa, most of the guys are with their wives or girlfriends. There's only a few of us. Uh, there might oh, yeah. be four or five of us without a girlfriend or, you know, a wife living with us. So we usually go out for dinner almost every night, honestly, in yeah. Ottawa. Uh, we're pretty lucky we get a chef for breakfast and lunch. So we're only on our own for dinner. And usually the boys meet up, uh, you know, a different restaurant every night. So, you know, we're pretty spoiled. Every time we have a pro hockey player on here and then they mention, oh, yeah, like most, most of the boys are with their husband or their wife. Yeah. I completely forget yeah. that. There's that side of the game. I just think, oh, everyone in the NHL is single, having fun, yeah. just making money, le- yeah. getting goals. Like I completely yeah. forget yeah. it's a job and it's a living and it's a, you know, it's a career for people. Yeah. After the game, you're untying the skates and uh, the boys' kids are playing mini sticks right beside <laughs> you. So no, it's it's pretty cool though, for sure. What was the biggest transition for you from even the AHL to the NHL? Was there was there one thing that you noticed? Not much, honestly. No. Very similar leagues. Uh, Obviously, there's there's so many guys playing in the AHL that could play in the NHL. You know, it's just opportunities and which organization you're in, right? So, uh, no, it's there's not much difference, honestly. Just the little bit here and there. I mean, the guys in the NHL are so dialed, and like I said before, if there's one little turnover, they're usually going to capitalize on that to score. So, I think just uh, that's probably the biggest thing in the AHL. You can maybe get away with a few more turnovers in the NHL. You can't. So that's kind of the difference maker. What flexes your stick? I I use 85, pretty yeah. standard. Yeah. What curve? It's a pretty big curve. It's like uh, I don't know. You might remember the Backstrom back in the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, something so like that. Like the... A little bit, a little bit more toe. Even. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the yeah yeah. You got a couple goals this year. Where it was like little really 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 in tight to your skates, and then that quick upstairs. Yeah. Maybe that's what the toe is. No, I've always used kind of a a bigger toe curve, I guess. But you know, everyone's different. You look at Sid's curve. He's got the straightest blade in the league, and he has no problem scoring and stuff. And then. Matthews and Ovi have a have a big curve, obviously. So just uh, personal preference, honestly. There's no right or wrong curve, I don't think. So just whatever you like. How do you deal with the the time and space in the NHL and how quick you got to get the puck? Oh, sorry, how much time are we at, Mark? 43 minutes. In, in the NHL, when you have to have 
your, your time is so limited and you have to get the puck off so quickly. How did you deal with that? Did that come natural to you or did you get a little bit of advice from someone on how to get the puck off your stick so quickly? Because you do it so well. Yeah. No, I think just being able to skate with uh, Sydney and Marshy in the summer, I, I watch like when they're, when they're doing reps, if it's even like a little shooting drill, they're doing it as, as fast as they possibly can. And so I, I had always tried to do that in summer, try to keep up with them. And I think it just kind of taught me just to do everything at a fast pace. You know, when I look at, say, a guy like Nate, like he's the f- one of the fastest guys in the league and so are his hands and he's got a bullet of a shot. So he's kind of got a, all the package. So that's what I'm, that's what everyone's trying to get, you know, uh, to, to be fast, get the shot off quick and you know have fast hands. So I'm always working on it. Do you ever look at your peripherals when you're about to take a shot? Because you don't want to be turning your head, going back to your stick, and then taking the shot. Do you ever, like, work on your peripherals on getting a shot off rather than turning your head the whole way? Yeah, I kind of, you know, if I if I think I'm about to get the puck, I kind of run through plays in my head. If if I know I get the puck and, you know, Brady's on his way to a back door, I know I can get it and pass to him back door. If I don't see anything, I'm going to catch it and shoot it usually, so... That's kind of what's running through my head, honestly. Really? I, yeah, it's kind of instincts, too. But uh, I try to visualize the play be- before I get the puck. Really? Like, even if you're on a two-on-one? Like you, you, yeah, you, you, you kind of w- watching what the D's doing, you know, if he's going to dive down, like, so just what do you, little what do you, things. Sorry to interrupt you, but, yeah. like, what are you watching on the defenseman on a two-on-one? What do you, what <clears throat> tell are you looking for? So, the, uh, like, the coaches before the game, say we're playing Vancouver, just for an example. Uh, their D maybe like to slide on the two-on-ones, right? So they'll go full-body slide, so you either have to, you know, make a quick sauce pass or, you know, put on the brakes, let them slide by you, and then throw it over to your buddy. So you kind of know little things before you go into the games, but, you know, I just – it's kind of instincts, honestly. I know I'm not really thinking too much. I just kind of – I know that before – I even get a two on one. Yeah, and that's the brilliance of the game. It's just you've yeah. been well, you've been in the ring since you were what two? You said. Yeah, exactly. Just... I'm I'm always watching hockey, so <laughs> yeah, I watch every highlight. And when I wake up in the morning from the night before, I don't I don't miss a beat. So no, I learn I learn honestly. Like growing up, the biggest thing, me and my dad would watch hockey all all the time. You know, if I was on my phone when a hockey game was on, he 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 get pretty mad at me. He wanted me to watch like every little thing and really? just point out things. Yeah, that's honestly how I learned growing up. Just just watching the game. And it, it's probably interesting how you're not watching as a fan, you're watching as a student. Yeah. You know, most of us, you know, most people that watch are a fan, like, shoot the puck, shoot the puck, but you're watching little tendencies of people and mistakes they're making and little habits that they're creating on the ice. It's a, it's an interesting thing to, you know, be in the NHL, but study it and not yeah. watch it. It's it's cool. No, exactly. Like, I'll just watch uh, the right winger say, I'll watch Mitch Marner if the Leafs are playing, watch everything he does, the way he picks up pucks on the rims or makes plays, creates space, like just little things no one thinks about, right? Yeah. That, uh, you know, I, I would look for. Most every fan's just kind of looking for the goals, the yeah. big hits, the fights. I, I kind of look at the little details for sure. Well, you're probably looking for tells. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. if Marner, okay, I'd say Marner is on a two-on-one and you're on the back check. I don't know. There's yeah. like You're just looking for little things where other players are going to make mistakes that you can capitalize. I'm assuming. Yeah. I, no, I would if I were. No, 100%. Here. I mean, uh, I feel like it's like any sport, you know. Like if we're playing the Leafs, we watch, you know, their breakouts, their everything. And if you're watching them all the time on your own, you know, you kind of already know all that. So I, I like doing that. There's so much hype going into Toronto. Is it annoying yeah. for the players or do you love it? I love it, man. They, Obviously, uh you know, it's a battle in Ontario when we play them. Uh, we we don't like each other, so you know we got a we got a couple big wins on them this year that yeah. you know that they didn't like. So hopefully the rivalry uh, continues, and you know I'm sure it will. Because there's huge hype at like that they Canada promotes 
Toronto, like no other. Like yeah, just sport. You go to Sportsnet, it's people make fun of it because it's the Toronto net. Yeah, when you and, go to when you definitely go to Toronto, it's definitely you feel like you're in the National League for sure. So you feel it too. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Just like any little thing from the hotels. Going to the rink, the rink's awesome. Like music's blaring. Like it's just every little detail is just so dialed in there and makes you feel like it's you know the NHL like every kid dreams of when you go in there for sure. Could you compare Montreal and Toronto to the two? Maybe some similarities. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, they're both such big markets, and uh, you know I definitely get fired up uh, playing either of those teams, and uh, you know they're always fun. So is it interesting to go home and watch the highlights of yourself and and see maybe certain things that they say about you? I know when you had a goal when you're on a bit of a, 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 a what do you call it? A slump? Yeah. And you scored a goal. I think it was like seven games since you scored. And the guy was like, oh, Drake Batherson, he's been nameless. No one's seen what he's been doing in the past seven games, but he's playing well now. Yeah. Like, does that ever piss you off or does that just go in one ear out the other? Yes and no. I mean, uh, for me, I only listen to really what my my family members and my buddies have to say. You know, my they're so supportive for me. And, you know, whenever I score, my buddies are all so fired up. So yeah. That's what gets me going, and honestly, the media. When I was younger, it probably would bother me more, but now it's my, you know, my third year, and uh, I don't really go reading on Twitter a whole lot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> you do as you're as you're talking right now. You're talking like a fan. Like I, it's, I just got to say it. It's like, yeah. yeah, you're in the NHL. You're a player, yeah. but you, you're smiling. You're you're just. I feel like you're in that place where you you realize what your future is gonna be, and you're extremely happy. It's really cool to see. It's it's really cool to see. No, I definitely am a fan. You know, like I said earlier, I love watching the game. I love watching. You know, my favorite team growing up was Pittsburgh. So, oh yeah, love watching Sid and you know obviously I skate with Marshy and Nate and those guys. So I always watch them too. So no, it's it's pretty cool. Dude, that's awesome. I'm happy yeah. for you. It's gonna be a great year for you. I can't wait to watch, and hopefully there'll be fans, and hopefully we can leave and come up and watch you and. Hopefully we'll be able to travel and see a play, man. It'll be yeah, sick. No, that'd be awesome. And yeah, hopefully it all comes together here soon. Absolutely. What are you doing yeah. the rest of the day? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, hanging out. Yeah, cook some dinner. Can you cook? A little bit. What do you cook? Yeah, my go-to meal is probably like a burrito bowl or tacos <laughs> or right. something, something easy. You know, stir fry. You ever have the ever have the have the habaneros? Yeah, I've been there a few times. They got a great burrito bowl. Yeah, I love the Mexican place downtown there. It's called Antojos. Or, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I always seem to go there on the weekends, so it's a yeah, good time. They got a good burrito. Jack's is good, too. Yeah, a yeah. couple good oh, Mexican yeah. places. You like spice? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like sriracha? Yeah, hot sauce. Frank's hot sauce and everything, pretty much. Mm. Yeah. Well, dude. Big, big food guy, for sure. Oh, yeah, what did Brady say about the fight? You must have been texting him. Oh, yeah. I was actually just texting him before. He said it was awesome. Yeah? Yeah, he said, like, the building's just electric. Like, I asked him if it's, you know, as loud as it seems, and he's like, yeah, like, way more than a hockey game would be. You wouldn't believe it. So, really? Yeah, he was, like, six rows back, I think, from the cage. He was with his brother and dad? Yeah, I think he was – I know he was there with his brother for sure. I think his old man was going. I remember we were driving to Montreal, and uh, the fight came out that McGregor was going to fight him in Vegas, and the boys were all buying tickets right away <laughs> at the back of the bus. They're like, Drake, you want to come i said boys i don't think uh, the old quarantine's gonna let me go from uh you know halifax to vegas but uh, oh the uh, quarantine bites again yeah so no i i would i would have been there there was an open ticket so no it's it sucks but what can you do the nhl life i love it the yeah. boys just buying tickets on the yeah. back of the bus that's yeah. awesome could have easily told them to get me one definitely so no they had a good time he said it was wicked that whatever you'll have more fun at cabot oh yeah exactly yeah. figure it out no definitely well dude thank you very much for coming i appreciate this it really means a lot to me thank you yeah no problem thanks for having me uh, i wish you the best this summer and training and everything and we'll do it again next year yeah thanks to you guys i'm a fan of the show so you know, i'll be listening awesome all right everyone listening thank you very much uh for tuning in i appreciate it
Monday. Have fun. Work hard the rest of the week. We are out. Peace.